Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. On Tuesday, Pete Carroll and John Schneider met remotely with local and national media to talk about free agency, the upcoming draft, and the different ways that they've had to adapt throughout the process. So it's been a little while since I've done one of these episodes, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go throughout the press conference, give you an idea of some of the questions that were asked. I'm going to go a little bit out of order and start with free agency before getting into the draft and then what to expect that might be a little bit different. But I wanted to start with free agency because this was their first chance to address some of the moves that they made in free agency, as well as the situation with Jadevian Clowney. And one of the big news items to come out of this is the door isn't closed with Clowney. Schneider says they made an effort to re-sign him and goes on to say that the pass rush is something that they're focused on and need to do a better job in three different phases, acquisition, developmental, and schematic. With with Clowney, you know, we made the trade. Um, He came in, did a great job for us. Uh, We made an effort to uh, uh, re-sign him. We'd still, you know, the door is not closed. Uh, but we couldn't wait any longer. We had to conduct business. And, uh, so he knew that we had a, everything was very cordial. He's a great guy, uh, represented by a great guy. And, uh, he's just, just going to kind of feel his way through this odd process. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes from a pass rush standpoint. You know, we were able to acquire Bruce Irvin and, um, and, and Benson Mayoa. Uh, two individuals that we're, uh, you know, very comfortable with, confident in. Um, I think they bring 16 sacks, Pete. Yeah, 15, I think. 15, yeah, 15, 16. So, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're excited about having those guys back. Um, you know, LJ will have a year under his belt. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep him healthy. He just, you know, he, he got hurt last year and, and, uh, we thought we were going to lose him for the whole season. Uh, that day he went down, and and uh, it was very disappointing. But we were able to get him back at a certain time, um, you know, in, in a season that that just wasn't ideal from a developmental standpoint. Uh, so, uh, yeah, pass rush is always something we're focused on. Obviously, we need to do a better job in that regard, uh, and that's that's from an acquisition standpoint. Uh, from a developmental standpoint and uh, from a schematic standpoint. Of course, in the draft, we're always looking and, we're, you know, we're always trying to help us out. So, um, you know, we'll, we're, we're ready to do our work and, and uh, glad that we, we found a uh, couple guys that we really like, that we know the background of and that will fit into our program and that we're really looking forward to coming back to be part of our team. And so, uh, and as John said, you know, we, we're, we're wide open and battling and we'll, we'll take on all the opportunities that, that show up. Um, we'll see if Clown com- comes back around or not. We don't know. We'll find out in time. Unfortunately, it's been handled really well, as John said, and, and that. So there's an ongoing to that, and uh, we'll see where he is when he's ready to make a decision. Things have changed a little bit, you know, and the, the guys haven't been able to travel around and get to places and visit and stuff like that. So there's a number of guys that have kind of taken the. Well, it's, I'm going to wait and see what happens and, and buy some time here, and that's kind of what it seems like JD has done. John Schneider, the general manager, talked about the approach that they took in free agency how they wanted to put some grown men in front of Russell Wilson and how they were happy about how they were able to come away with players that they had targeted and what it means for how they're going to be approaching the draft. You guys know that, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, break the bank, uh, free agency people. Uh, 
we look for for commonalities and fits and and uh what's important for our quarterback uh you know we 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 love our quarterback we want to keep him we want to have we want to have as many grown men in front of him as, as we possibly can and uh you know it, it was important for us to be able to identify some people early on and and quite honestly we hit in our mind what was one two and three uh in free agency and and I, I give our guys a lot of credit for uh working with the with the with the agents uh all the meetings um at the combine and then getting ready for the three-day period to be able and, and matt thomas obviously uh to be able to negotiate with these guys in a timely manner and uh especially in the environment that we're we were in so uh you know with 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 shell finney Agbui, um you know uh, chance warmack uh you know his, his agent uh staying in touch with him and you know he wants he, he wanted to give another shot so uh yeah tough decisions you know um jermaine moving on uh you know he, he you know he's he's um people have been pretty hard on him but you know the guy's been a very durable player uh so we have we have we still have a lot of tough decisions ahead of us uh but you know this is this is an area where we felt like we could make a difference in in free agency uh playing by our rules and the way what our philosophy is and trying to protect our quarterback in the in the best fashion that we possibly could yeah, we have some young guys coming up that uh, we're really excited about and feel like we're going to have maybe the best depth we've had, and particularly the most competition we've had. Um, and so with that thought, uh, the ability to add some guys with experience that have been there uh, to make sure that we, we shore up and we can come right back and play really good football because we're not just, you know, just trying to get along. We're trying to keep moving and stay as high tech as we can with our ball. And that's going to call for the guys to be able to be fluid and, and, uh, and you know, well-versed and, and, confident and all of that so we, we think we did a nice job here and so it's going to be a very cool camp but it's not going to be just about the guys coming in it'll be about the opportunities that are there for the younger guys to battle you know philip haynes is really important to us to see it how he can come along and, and do a nice job and ethan posick and guys are still looking for their best opportunities and simmons and it, it's a it's a, an exciting group of guys so they'll be battling everybody's gonna be wide open we just you know look forward to the time we can get back on the field it also puts you in a position to not feel like you need to, and we've we've felt this over the years, guys. Um, uh, one of the primary lessons we've learned is, uh, you know, throughout the years as as college football has developed, you know, the, the offensive linemen are are very hard to find, and uh, so this 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 really gives us again an opportunity to just go into the draft and take the best player. So considering they went so heavy on the offensive line in free agency, what does that mean for some of the veteran offensive linemen like Justin Britt, especially with the signing of guys like BJ Finney? Competition's on. Yeah. Couldn't be more clear, you know, uh, and that's, that's the way we've always built this thing and we know it's the best way for us to go. And so it just accentuates the competition. It's like I mentioned with the offensive line, with the free agent signings. That doesn't mean that those guys are coming in here and take jobs automatically. They got to earn them. And, you know, you've watched that over the years for us. That's been true to our core. And so it's just the competition of getting better. It makes everybody better. And so uh, it's hopefully just another statement about our commitment to our philosophy. 
One of the big moves they made in this offseason was the trade and acquisition of cornerback Quentin Dunbar from Washington. Here's John Schneider and Pete Carroll talking about everything that went into that particular trade, even leading up to it throughout the season. I have to give Nolan Teasley and our pro staff a ton of credit um, being able to monitor monitor his situation uh, throughout the year and and uh, uh, just be like on on me constantly about trying to acquire him and and uh, but he's a he's a very you know obviously he's he's a wide receiver conversion uh, but he's done a great job he's got a great feel for um, uh, receivers at the top of the route. Uh, he's got great ball skills. He can play inside. He can play outside. And uh, uh, just the conversations that those guys were having with the Redskins. Um, and, and Scott Fitter was actually the one that, that ended up um, finalizing the deal to get the approval from Pete and myself. And, and uh, I, just, I just think those guys, I think it's, it, it, it's just great. It, they did a great job of, of working the process working our philosophy and um, you know, like I always say, either you're competing or you're not. <laughs> That's right. I'm excited about this guy. You know, he's, he's a playmaker and uh, you know, we, we need depth of corner. We need to cover people up. We need to be able to match up really well, continue to do that. Uh, division continues to get more difficult and challenging, excellent players coming in. And uh, so for us to figure out, a chance to get to Quentin and, and all that was great. As John was saying with his guys tracking it and then to pull it off and, and make the trade and all that was, uh, was just really an excellent move for us. Just makes us that much more competitive and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, just adds to the, this coverage that we need to, to play the kind of ball we want to play. So I, I think it's a really good move. He was really excited about coming here and being part of it. And that was all, you know, part of the fit. So in particular, with regard to guys who are injured, like Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, what are some of the ways that Coach Carroll and John Schneider are staying in touch with those injured players? Staff has been staying in touch with those guys. I've communicated with those guys throughout, um, just checking in on them. You know, just normal the normal process. And, you know, they they're in their programs and they're working really hard and they're doing really well. And as far as we can monitor, um, so we're making the kind of progress that that we need to make really across the board. You know, our our, our staff is able to stay in touch with those guys. And there's some guys that are here, you know, staying fit in our own facility. Um, the league allows that to happen, but uh, for the guys that are remote and then we, we just keep track and it seems like everything's going really well as far as we can tell. And we're, we're pleased so far with free agency out of the way. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll get into the process of the draft coming up and how that's going to be handled as well as everything beyond the draft that might be different in this off season. We'll do that coming up after the break. We are just one day away from the NFL draft Thursday night, and there has been a lot of preparation throughout the week to try and get coaches and general managers ready for this day. One of the big questions we all have is what this process is going to be like, how the coaches and general managers are having to adapt and Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they addressed a lot of those issues in this press conference. On Monday, the Seahawks were part of the NFL's test of the technology that they'll be using for the draft. General Manager John Schneider talked about his challenges with the technology and how they'll be doing another run through on Wednesday. It just started off a little bit shaky. You know, I, uh, 
it, it was, it, there's a channel, there's a main channel that's going on that, uh, you know, I think there was a couple teams and um, I'll throw myself under the bus included. I had myself muted. So when they were doing roll call, they went right past the Seahawks. So we weren't even in, involved in the, in the draft. We just passed. But uh, so it was all about just hitting mute. Hey, just, hey, John, make sure you're unmuted. I unmuted. Everything went along great. It, it worked out uh, in the second round. We were able to get Pete um, on Zoom. So I had, you know, our staff on on one iPad. And then uh, and then Pete, you know, where, where Pete and I can speak individually on a different iPad. And uh, it was good. I thought it was very good practice. Um, you know, there's uh, four or five teams that, you know, we're going to we're going to do one tomorrow where we're going to get into a little bit more of the negotiation process with the draft uh, that goes on that that um, people don't realize it's it's not it's not like, you know, that was all scripted for us. So we're going to just go off script and work with a couple teams and practice. Considering Coach Carroll and John Schneider have done so many drafts together in the past. Here's Coach Carroll addressing the advantage that they may have by having those relationships in place and how that's going to help them through the process. Yeah, I think there, there is. We have a lot of familiarity and, and obviously, and we've been through a lot, so many scenarios and all that. that we feel pretty comfortable. Right now, we've been Zooming for so long with the staff and all that, and John's been working out with his guys. This is this is not uncomfortable for us at all. We've been we've been doing it. You know, we've had we've been practicing the whole while because we're going to be meeting with our players soon in the same format. So uh, I, I think the the understanding, the knowledge, um, what we there's a there's an etiquette to, to talking on Zoom that we've learned about. You know, and I think all of the familiarity helps us. And and uh, we don't I don't feel like we're that far out of whack now. I feel like we're ready to go. And, and so I think it's the relationships that really help us in that regard. Although the Seahawks may have some advantages in terms of their coach and general manager relationship, their general manager is having some challenges, especially the fact that he does not have the best connection to the internet at his house. And so he's even had to go through some big home renovations as part of this process. I, I live in a, I guess not a great area. Um, so in terms of uh, Wi-Fi and cell service and everything. So, They've, the guys have really done, uh, really done a great job of, of you know, wor- working through uh, my house, and you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've had a couple of walls ripped up, and had people um, in my house working on it. That uh, you know, it's just it's just part of the process. Uh, but you know, it. it in a time of trying to be social distancing, it's 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 definitely been a it's definitely been a challenge. Um, but everybody's done a, a great job of recreating my my, my dining room into a uh, like right when you walk in the door, it's 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 the draft room, and I'm I'm a very visual person, so it it everything's there in case things uh, fall apart from us from a technology standpoint. I think I think. Uh, you know, there's like, I don't know, feels like 25 screens, but um, I like the one-on-one interaction. I like being able to just, um, you know, have private conversations with Pete throughout the throughout the draft process. Uh, so, 
it's 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 going to be unique. So now we have a little bit of an idea of what John Schneider's setup is for the draft. Coach Carroll describes what his draft setup looks like. The process is is calls for a lot of setup, and so uh, Johnny's got his stuff going. He's got a couple things beyond what, that I need. I've got um, boards that wrap around the room. I've got uh, seven screens going, um, which is not uncomfortable for me. I kind of like all the activity. Um, we've got our landlines. We've got our you know cell phones. We got and backup cell phones. We all kinds of stuff. So um, I'm really pretty much going to fire away, you know, and, and with with John and um, because I have my own setup, you know, so I'm going to match what what they're doing there so that I keep track of what's happening here. So uh, it's it, it's kind of cool. So it's all high tech. We have our own little room here to go to do our press conference thing. You know, it's set up off to the side as well. And uh, I just, we just both hope that we don't get overloads on our circuits and everything shuts down, you know, because we get a lot more things plugged in than we normally do around here. So now with this next answer by general manager, John Schneider, there's a lot of draft insight behind the scenes in this, how Schneider is trying to work up the draft board to the top half of the first round, even in a Monday conference where they're trying to work within a scripted situation as well as the many things that happen that people don't see. This whole answer stems from a question that is asked considering the amount of movement that the Seahawks general manager is known for with his trades back and even trading up like last year when he traded into the second round for DK Metcalf, he traded up for Cody Barton. So just how comfortable is John Schneider at this moment with his ability to communicate during the draft and execute in the way that he's done in the past? At this point, I would say uh, I'm about 80% there. Like I said, we're going to practice some more with a couple more teams tomorrow uh, in a live version uh, on on the clock and 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 be negotiating. We we haven't we haven't we didn't negotiate with people yesterday in the mock draft. It was it was all scripted for us. So, uh, <clears throat> for instance, when I called Joe Douglas with the Jets because. We went from 27 to 11. It's pretty far away. I mean, it's pretty big negotiation. He was kind of laughing at me. He's like, "Are you are you seriously calling me right now?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, we got to practice this, man. We got to, you know, we got to turn this in. You know, like I got to tell my guy. I got to tell, you know, I got to tell my guy to turn it in and all that." So the negotiation part of it is something that we're gonna um, we're we're gonna uh, still work on some more. So honestly, to say that I'm totally comfortable with it right now, I'm not. Um, by tomorrow night, I will be. Along with that, I think the thing that I'd like to mention about the draft process that you don't really get to see is, is the intricacies and, and the, the, the tight woven communications that take place when it does come time for the trade opportunities. And those conversations, you know, we, we've imagined what this is like to, so that we can replicate it you know, from, a, in, from a distance. But it's looking over your shoulder. Take a look, you know. Call call Indy and 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 uh, Buffalo's on the phone. And and what, what's your information? And that all happens in a flow in the draft room that is is going to be affected some. And so that's what we're, you know. John's saying he's eighty percent ready, and we're hoping we can close the gap on it and really be really really good at it. We're going to be as good as anybody. But it's it's a that's a the part of the draft that is I think is the most affected. You know, it's not just the selection. It's not not that challenging. It's the the intricacies of the process to get to the point where you make your pick. And then as the time runs down, John, did you mention about the rule change for the uh, time frames there? Um, no, we're, it sounds like we're going to treat it more like 
more like the baseball draft where it's it's just you know on your honor you're not gonna you know you're not gonna turn in a name uh ahead of another team you know you when you're trading so if you make a trade with somebody you're gonna you're not gonna you, you get know, a team behind you's not gonna jump you and so you know and it's interesting i you know i heard uh somebody say uh last week or the week before like you know, well, we'll find out who the good evaluators are in this draft, you know? Well, no, that's coming, must be coming from somebody that's never been in a draft room before, right, Pete? Because, yeah. I mean, there's there's so much uh, conversation that's going on um, between discussions. Uh, I remember being in a draft room with, with Ted Thompson when I was with Green Bay. And, you know, Reggie McKenzie, John Dorsey, uh, Russ Ball, and myself all had uh, trades set up for him. And, you know, we're on the clock and he's going, no, yes, no, no, wait. You know, let me, and there, there's so much, there's so much going on that, that people don't really recognize. And I think that's what, what Pete is, is, is trying to hit on. And, and that was the year we traded Javon Walker to, uh, to Denver and, 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 and it was, it was incredible how, uh, how Ted managed that. And I, I learned a lot from it. Um, and, and, and so I, I think it's, it's, it's not a, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying, well, you've never been in a draft and that like, it's a negative thing. I'm just saying there's a, there's a, there's a lot more that goes into it other than, you know, Pete's a better player than John is, which we all know, by the way. <laughs> the Seahawks general manager goes even farther to explain some of the ways that he's having to adapt. Our, our IT guys in conjunction with Trent Kirsch have done a really, really, really nice job of, of being able to uh, create scenarios on screen now that we, uh, what used to be paper is now, uh, it's just right there on a, on a screen. And that's one of those things I was talking about earlier that we'll be able to use moving forward because we had to, we had to um, adapt to, to uh, the technology and where we are right now. So being able to uh, being able to, to, to see different scenarios when you're working with team A, B or C and what looks most appropriate uh, is, is clear. The negotiation is something that we need to, we're going to practice. Like I said, there's, um, four teams that we're going to be working with tomorrow um, in, a, in a live manner to to get more comfortable because I think that is going to be the um, even though nobody's going to be able to jump each other it's it's important to be uh, comfortable in I guess I would refer to you know to to Peter you know Coach Schottenheimer right it, or Coach Norton it, you know it's you have to be prepared to be able to call play make a decision in a timely manner. And um, there's, it, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it than, than people think. So about 80%, I feel about 80% comfortable with it. I want to go through it more in my own head. Like I said, I'm very visual. So I want to experience it because it's muting this person and muting that person and talking through things with this person and, you know, calling this team and calling that team on your cell phone and, you know, making sure that our guys are still communicating with the teams that they're responsible for. 
A big part of the draft process happens after the actual draft is over. The televised version of the draft, players have been selected, and the Seahawks have to go and try and recruit some of those rookie free agents as undrafted free agents. John Schneider says that he doesn't expect that process to be a whole lot different than usual. I don't necessarily see it being affected. I mean, it's just the, the communication is going to be different. It is definitely like the Wild West right after the draft. Uh, but, you know, we're going to have, you know, specific coaches, specific uh, uh, scouts. Uh, it's just going to be a communication issue, really. Um, but really, it's, it is a communication issue every year because it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's full on, you know, I've never, you know, I've never been in a, in a, in a draft room uh, post draft that was not chaotic. Yeah. We're going to miss that, that that whole aspect of it for sure. Um, But it's all, we're going to, we're going to find the players and, and John's got a great plan for us to follow. And, I'm sure other teams are as well. And so the competition begins again and we'll just, we're going to, we've had such a good history with, with free agents coming in here and playing and, and, and finding success. So hopefully we'll just continue again in that, in that mode. So now that we've gone through the process of the actual draft and what that might look like, I want to get into some of the questions regarding the process of scouting players and trying to get information leading up to the draft, because that's been a lot different than usual but it's not like the scouting process stops. Although their scouts haven't been traveling town to town, they've spent that time talking to many different kinds of people involved with the players from coaches to equipment staff. Without them traveling, you know, from, from town to town uh, with all these, uh, with all the pro days that usually go on, they've spent that much more time talking to coaches and talking to the players in particular and uh, equipment equipment guys at the schools and, you know, administrators and people that, you know, are involved in, in the process. And then our, our, our coaches have done a great job with the same and, you know, quizzing the players and, and seeing where they are mentally. One thing that the Seahawks general manager has learned is how different people will show up for what amounts to as a job interview with the team. And he talks about what's been important to him in this process leading up to the draft. I think just this face-to-face communication and and not just texting and not just picking up the phone. I think, you know, when you're looking somebody in the eye all the time and you're having these conversations, it's, you can, you could tell a lot, you know, um, you know, some, some dudes are ready for the interview. They're, they're psyched up. You know, we had one guy wearing a tie. We had another guy laying in bed watching TV. So, you know, you fit, you can learn a lot. That part of the answer just blew me away talking about a guy who shows up to an interview, not really seeming ready, just laying in his bed, watching TV and and maybe not giving his full attention in a situation that is a job interview that is baffling to me. But it's also important that the team gets to see things like that, because that can tell them a lot about the player and maybe even take a player who they may have been considering off their draft board. So they may be getting some insight into things they may not otherwise see, but what are some of the unknowns that they're most concerned with at the moment, considering all the circumstances? There's two huge, huge, two huge elements. Uh, One is the medical. Um, There's a lot of guys that did not go to the combine that, you know, uh, we, we don't have medical grades on. 
Um, and then there's then and also the uh, uh, the verifieds, meaning height, weight, speed, tests, you know, and then, you know, there's guys that we had scheduled. Now we've done it with Skype and our coach has done a great, our coach has done a great job of interviewing the players, but their football knowledge and their ability to come in and learn, you know, how long, how long do we think it'll take them to learn to fit into a specific role? Uh, You know, when we, when you schedule your, they used to, we used to have 60 uh, visits interviews at the combine um and now we had 45 but when you schedule those you're we had planned on bringing 30 people into our building well we weren't able to do that so those those are the things that you know you know how does that we we value you know how does how does the player how what does eric kennedy our our uh you know equipment director how, how does he how does he think about the, what does he think about the guy? How did he handle himself with him? You know, what, what did our, our chefs think about the guy? Um, you know, it's just that that's the part that uh, that's the part we're missing. Well, there's a couple of parts, but having them in our environment for that day is a very, it's, it's a very important part of our evaluation as is our local day. You know, when we're able to bring in, uh, players from from um, University of Washington and Oregon and Oregon State and uh, and have our local pro day with them. Something else that they're missing out on is some of the information that they're able to gather from traveling around with other scouts throughout the offseason that might be tipping them off as to what other teams might be thinking in terms of their selections and players that they might be considering and win on draft day. So one of the questions is, Will that lead to more surprises for John Schneider in which players that he'll expect to fall to certain spots in the draft? Coaches and, and scouts tend to travel in packs and share information that, uh, you know, along the way that, you know, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. We're, we're trying to gather as much information as we possibly can. Uh, I think I think this is going to be a, a very uh, – like you're going to be like, thanks for the flash Gordon. Right. But I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be such a unique draft. I, I honestly do not, I, I don't know how, um, how that's going to come off. If uh, you know, those usually what happens is, you know, those first two rounds, everybody kind of see tends to see things the same way. So you see names coming off that, you know, are, are quite disturbing. Um when you're, you know, I think we've averaged in the last five years picking in the 29th spot. Um, much, much credit to our our coaching staff. We're we're always we're always in this thing. We're always you know competing to win a world championship. So it's that's why you've seen us trade down as much as you have. Um, I don't have a feel yet. This is usually now these, these last couple of days here is when you know we're kind of. We kind of get done with staff a little bit, and I start um, spending more time by myself and um, with Coach Pete and um, regarding the board, and then and then uh, by myself, uh, just having conversations with other general managers throughout the league and trying to figure out um, what this thing's going to look like. But I would I would say 
you know, that it's probably going to come off like it usually does. And then maybe once you get through about the second half of the second round, then, you know, you stop sweating as much. Um, and, you know, you can kind of get a little bit more comfortable in knowing that, you know, what your board looks like and how you're going to try to navigate through it. You know, John, to add that it, it's been so consistent the last three or four years that the board comes off pretty much like we expect. And, and you see that the, the first round gets wiped out, you know, and then the, and they're all gone. There's like one guy left and you're in the second round and there's just a couple guys left. If, if it isn't like that, then it, we'll be able to remark afterwards, you know, that it didn't come off as clean as, as it has in other years. It wouldn't be a statement somewhat to maybe the, the lack of flow and communication between guys just to share the ideas and all that. We'll see what happens, but we won't know until we get there. So one of the common things that we've been hearing throughout the press conference is how communicating in a different way has been really a big takeaway from this process, including how quickly some of the players respond when the team reaches out to them. Uh, like we said earlier, just, you know, pick up your, your phone and, and, and Skype somebody instead of just texting or, or, um, FaceTime, you know, just being able to, you know, talk to them on the phone, that, that interaction and how quickly do they respond to our, to our scouts? Our scouts have done a great job, um, you know, with, with staying, staying connected to these players throughout this process, like I said earlier, because they're not traveling around at all the pro days. And so they've done a really good job of staying in touch with the guys. So, when we've had, whether it's the coaches or um, the, 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 the uh, Skype um, calls, the virtual calls that we've had with, you know, Scott, Scott Fitter, Trent Kirshner, uh, Matt Berry and myself to hear the, the players talk about, you know, how tight they've become with Ryan Florence or, you know, um, any of our scouts is, is very refreshing. And so I think, We'll build on that going forward, that that interpersonal, that face-to-face communication and, 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 and interacting with the people, inter- interacting with the players, sorry. Hey, you know, uh, I know you guys are looking to try to figure out, you know, what's going on, what the angle is and all that, but this really is a competition, and we're, we're up against trying to figure this thing out. And uh, I think that's one of the really extraordinary parts of what this is all about for us is trying to create the best avenues for communications that will allow us to free flow and really uh, react the way we normally will and uh, would like to. And, and uh, that's, that's really what this is about. And so it's ironing out all and getting all of the kinks out of, out of the way and making sure that we have backup systems and all of that stuff. And uh, it, it's, it's exciting. This has been, it's been an exciting challenge. We don't, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen, but um, <laughs> we're, trying, we're trying to even it out, make sure that we do and we can operate really highly and, and, Somebody mentioned earlier, one of the really positive parts about this is we do have a, a group from personnel to, to the coaching staff and all of the support group, the performance people as well, that we, we do know each other well. And so we can get a lot out of a, a, a little bit sometimes when we talk to one another and when we can exchange and stuff. And, and I think there's a lot of confidence and, and, uh, and, and, and connection here that's going to you know, hopefully help. And we're going to try to kick butt in this process. And maybe some other teams aren't. I don't know what you – know, we don't know what they're going to do. We don't have a clue what everybody else is doing. We're just – doing this all on our own. So uh, we're, we're battling and competing like always and, and going to try to make it come out really in a special way. Coach Carroll also talks about what is going to make this offseason different and how they'll be looking for players who can adapt quickly and the importance of the conditioning of the players. 
even the guys that are returning to, to, to hone their skills and all, it's going to be different. You know, it's going to be relative, but it's going to be much different. And so there are some aspects to it that, that you know, need to be addressed. We really, you know, hopefully we're going to draft guys and, and pick up guys in free agency that, that can adapt quickly. They're going to have to be able to make sense of stuff in a lot shorter time frame. Um, they're going to have to process really well. They're going to have to have their mind and their, their, their act together, you know, so that they can put their best foot forward and all that. Just as it relatively applies to our own players. Um, so that that's part of it. That One of the concerns that we'll have is is how healthy will these guys be? How fit will they be when then when we get them? You know, and that our guys go through a rigorous offseason program here over a long period of time where we know at the end of when, – when we send our guys home before the break, before camp – they're ready to go. Um, we're not going to be able to know that as well. We're not going to be able to account for that um, as well. And they won't, they won't have the opportunity to compete against people that push you and then make you get, get prepared. So um, that part of it, that we're going to have to be really, really tuned into and really careful with the different levels of conditioning that guys will arrive you know, at camp time. And we'll try to get it as uniform as possible. And they, they've got really strict and rigid programs, but it's not the same as when they're, you know, you're there kicking somebody in the butt and getting them going and pushing them and have the competition right across the, uh, you know, the, the weight room from them that they have to battle against. All of those things are all part of the development process. So there's a lot going on with this. that's going to be unique. And, and uh, again, we don't know what the runway time is going to be once we get them. You know, we don't know how much time we'll have to prepare them. So uh, there's a lot on the players right now. There's a lot on, on them to, to pull their end of it. Uh, and so uh, we're monitoring in every way that we can, but also it's going to be a challenge and there'll be issues because of that. Moving forward after the draft, Pete Carroll and John Schneider both address how the offseason schedule may change and may be different after the draft and where their focus is right now. We're kind of operating like that. Like we're going to be on somewhat of a schedule that's going to work out, you know, because we have to keep our minds in it and right. So we are anticipating that we will get together before the season starts. And when they tell us that, that it isn't, then we'll, we'll adjust to that. You know, so we, we're, our planning and our operations uh, are on full to, to get ready. And, um, you know, we, as we plan these camps now that we're going to be virtual camps for us and the rookie camp and all that kind of stuff, the first, we open up the 27th with our players. Um, you know, the process is underway, and we're just going to keep thinking it's happening and, and keep our, our head down about that, and, and we'll find out more later. We haven't heard much at, at all in regards to that from the league. They're not ready to make any statements at this time either. Uh, nobody knows what's going to happen, really. So we'll, we'll just wait and see. But mean, meanwhile, we're, we're going for it. It really feels like we're, we're just trying to, as a league, we're trying to get through the draft process. Then we'll focus on that after the draft. If there is going to be a shortened offseason, Pete addresses whether or not it's going to have an impact on rookies being able to contribute right away. Yeah, we do think that. And, and so it's really important that we find guys, as I think we said earlier, that, that can make this transition that we can try to predict will we'll handle the process and an abbreviated process even because of their background and their makeup and their mentality and, and all of those elements that come into play. Where you, you, know, you, you, know, you just want to be re we're really concerned about that because we know it's going to be a, a greater challenge than it's ever been. So in kind of, it, it, this will really work most difficultly. Difficulty will be caused in the direction of the young guys, you know, the older guys will, they'll stay relatively the same, but the young guys, some guys may not even make the transition. And so they may be left out, you know, the competition after a short time. So hopefully we do a great job and, and we really plan on picking the right guys so that, you know, they'll be able to make the most of it. But um, it's going to be a challenge though. And, and on the, on the flip side, you know, you can have some veterans that 
need to get it together too, because they may feel like they just have it made and, you know, and they could, <laughs> you know, they could, we don't want any complacency. And you've seen that with the way coach Pete and his staff operates. We've always been partial to young guys coming in. We love the competition that they bring. We look for the, the opportunity to find the, uh, you know, the, the free agents that can come in here and push and, and make their way through it. And, and those are the success stories that we love to see come true. That's just been the environment and the history of the program. And we're going to continue to think that way. Again, I keep going back. Everything's relative, you know, and, and we'll have to do a really nice job of processing the, the new players, you know, and making sure that we do like we always try to do is figure out what they can do well and, and accentuate, accentuate that and try to not put them in, a, in, a, in the, the wrong role and format where they can't contribute early. Generally, our guys have come in here early, and when, when we play them early and we get them a chance to get out there, they develop into you know mid-year starters or mid-year at least really uh, um, you know significant supporters. And so, hopefully, that will happen again. And you know, see that's what we plan on. Though, Coach Carroll was also asked about his thoughts on the idea of playing NFL games without fans in the stadium. Well, I, I would say that you know back in my UOP days when we used to play in front of nobody. Um, you can still do it, you know. So uh, the game can still be played. Whatever you know, whatever has to happen. Everybody needs to be wide open and ready to adapt, and all of that in, in all aspects of our lives right now. And certainly, as we go approach the season, we're going to have to, you know, be prepared. Um, you know, there's still a great opportunity to to show the game to you know our fans, you know, through the the other media sources. But um, if that's the way it is, it'll be a different experience. But it, it can happen, you know there's scrimmages and stuff like that you have and you play and we pipe in sound and all that. I mean, if we're, if we're playing and there's no fans there, I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to pipe in the sound and make it sound <laughs> as good as possible and all that. So we'll, we'll try to do everything we can to make that happen. But again, we just have to be ready to adapt and we just don't know. And whatever it is, we'll take it on, you know, and we'll just battle to figure it out. But Nico, from a league standpoint, as we stated earlier, I think the primary focus is, uh, to get through this draft and then concentrate on uh, what's next, what the season, what the season would look like. And as we get toward closing out the press conference, Coach Carroll talks about some of his outlook towards some of the positive things that he sees coming out of all these challenges they're having to face through this. I think all that we're we're enduring right now and, and, and working to figure out. Um, cause for us to be very introspective. You know, we all have extra time. We all have extra moments, and and we, we're well seeing things a little bit differently. You know, from the home setting and all that, from family and kids, and all the way out to our, our work and all. There's a lot going on, and I I, I think it just it, it just carries over. You know, this is I think that we're never going to be the same coming out of this. It's, it's going to affect us in ways, and, and um, I don't think it's going to affect us neg- negatively. It's going to affect us in ways that we can grow and be more aware and more. Uh, prepared for more adaptability and, and flexibility in, in our lives and all. So I, I think it's going to carry over, you know, John, I think it's going to be part of our work and, and all that. We're, we're finding that we can meet like this and we can work like this and we can still make progress. Who would have ever thought you could do that? You know, and we're, we're adapting and figuring out how to get back to, you know, back to the workplace too. And in all ways, every aspect of this is challenging us. And, and uh, so there's a, there's an openness, there's a, a, a depth to it. There's a, a the introspection opportunities and I'm hoping we'll all grow and, and be better for it is as, as crazy as that sounds through this, the difficulties and all, but hopefully we'll figure that out. I do know this, that we all have to continue to help each other. We all need each other more so than ever. Um, as we find out in, the, in our quiet, 
that you know we need the connections and we need the interactions and we need one another and we need the support and the and, and the, the pump up and the juice and, and all of that and, and so uh, you know it's 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 extraordinarily amazing time and and so hopefully we can lessen the hurt and the pain and and, and then also come out of this thing and be smarter and. And, and organize our leadership to take advantage of things at the right time and the best time to help us all. And, um, really all the way through the whole, you know, whole spectrum from the top to the, to the bottom. Everybody's got to work all the way through this in a different way. And I think it's going to make us better. hope so. And finally, it's pretty incredible that this is now the 11th draft that Pete Carroll and John Schneider have done together. Some great thoughts here to close out the press conference on how things have changed over the years, but how the constant really has been that each one of these years has been its own unique process. Just the ebb and flow of the entire process. Um, and in watching that and studying that process from May, the end of May, all the way until we get to this point, you know, the week before the draft, uh, I think is is something that that you know you, you're you're constantly studying, and every every year is completely different. And um, that's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, where you know you do you do see some generational changes too. Um, we, we can see that. Um, you know, Pete's seen a lot more of that than I have. Just some, just you know, some generational changes and. You know the psychology of the of the person, and 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 then you know the process of what the draft looks like every year, and how it how it changes uh, throughout the summer, uh, training camp, the fall, the All Star games, uh, the combine, or I'm sorry, the, the bowl games, the All Star games, uh, the combine, the spring workouts, and then just getting to this point. I think that's the biggest challenge is is trying to evaluate those ebbs and flows and not, not let uh, specific things throw you off uh, at the rate in this little window here towards, you know, uh, towards, you know, as we, as we get ready to complete, complete the, or start the draft where our, the evaluation period is over. Doors are shut on the draft board. Here we go. You know, I think it might surprise you guys that, uh, even though this is, uh, our, uh, I guess, our 11th one, John, you know, each year has this, has a uniqueness to it. And you might, you guys would think, well, it's the same as last year and the year before that. They don't seem like that. They seem like their their own experience and journey every year. And, and, you know, it's, I know maybe it's like 50 first dates or something like that, but it seems like every year has been uniquely to itself and the players are changing and all of that. Sometimes it's the coaches that are changing of course, is the opponents changing all that with changes in the around us, but it, it, here this just happens to be this year, and it's it's extraordinarily unique and, and all that. But they always feel really unique and, and challenging, and, and also I, I think it seems like so much may have changed. It doesn't seem like it seems like it stayed the same, but it's unique all over again. And so I'm grateful that we're you know we're, we're doing it and we're figuring it out, and, and there's new challenges to it, and, and we'll be so much better the next time around. We will have, we had to be so so inventive and introspective and all that to figure out what we've done that's been so convenient for us. And now, now we got to find out how to get through, you know, all the issues that this has just been an amazing cycle again. So um, I don't think it's changed that much. Um, I think it's, they're just uniquely extraordinary every time around. And 
the, you know, we'll still pick seven guys and, and it, or more and, and uh, it'll be on to a football season. So, um, so I really look forward to the process, look forward to the challenges of it and then and hopefully kicking butt and, and doing great stuff and, and putting together another championship club and go win a bunch of games. And, and this is all a, a huge part of it. So it's just kind of, kind of what we do. So it's like starting all over again. So there we go. Back to back big shows on Tuesday and Wednesday. And there's going to be a whole lot more coming up with the NFL draft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Going to be bringing you a lot more in the following weeks as well as we break down all of the picks from the Seahawks draft this year. If you're not already, be sure and subscribe to the show, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast. Follow along at fieldgoals.com with all the articles and all the writers there. And why don't we have some fun as we close out this episode? Because... Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they had a little bit of fun with the reporters throughout the conference call. I took all of that out, and so I'm going to plug it in here at the end of the episode. And so you can get a little chuckle at uh, some of the fun that Pete and John had with reporters throughout the press conference. So that means if we want to leave Greg muted, we can do that? Yes. yes. Can we do Bell? Can we knock him off? Yeah, he's gone. Uh, to okay, cool. Bell's out. All right. Where's Danny? Danny's too big for this stuff now. Like he's he's in New York and he's not part of this stuff anymore. I have learned that uh, even in this quarantine time, there are people that will put on a, a shirt and a tie and wear boxers to a meeting like this, like Aaron. <laughs> we wouldn't have known that <laughs> if Aaron hadn't done that. And then other guys have no sense at all for lighting, like Ed. There's <laughs> just just be that far out there that you don't know you know so there's a lot of stuff to learn in in this world of uh zoom and skype and all that mute dog he's a mute dog you're on you're on mute we can't hear you is that real joe is it really joe fan or is that a fake name is it really no that's my real name oh that's pretty cool is it i'm joe fan yeah hey Okay, so now I, now I don't have a cool name, and I asked a bad question. So let no, me it wasn't a bad question. It's a good question that I'm not going to answer. I just thought it was okay. And what's that X file <laughs> thing that's behind you there? Yeah, that is a weird looking thing behind you. It's it? Halo light. You guys should get one of these. What's up, Danny? I thought Danny was too cool for this. No, I was relying on the Jets to set up my IT, so I apologize Whoa. for being late. They're in trouble. They're in trouble for this. Under the bus, <laughs> Lenora Ryan Duger. Oh, no, no, it's different. Duke no, it's cigar. Yeah, yeah, it's French. We'd feel so wrong if we didn't comment on, on this angelic force field that has, that has stayed above Ed's head throughout this whole event. And I just can't tell you, I know you can't experience it like we can, but uh, I'm not sure what this is above you, but this is extraordinary. It's, it's just amazing. And I and guess it's always, always been. On the opposite end of that, Pete, I would say that art is really freaking me out. Like. <laughs> He's standing over us. I feel like he's standing over us. His head's touching the ceiling. I hope I hope I don't dream about that tonight. What, what's the deal with the banners behind you guys? How boring is that? I, I'm really glad you commented on that. I just yeah. always shared it with Joe Fan. I don't understand what's what, how he got one too. I, I expected there would be bookcases. We could see your books, but you guys don't read, apparently. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, uh, my buddy, mine, my buddy, of mine were commenting on that the other day. Everybody has you know, books and awards and all that kind of stuff behind them, which is very impressive. We get that. I'm actually looking right at my bed. My bed's right there. (laughs) Oh, look at those chops, though, bro. Those are nice. Nice.